Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello everyone, my name is Nick. And my name is Alex. And you're listening to Ronnie Scott's Presents The Thread with Hennessy. On SohoRadioLondon.com. We're not joined. I, I should. I should. You booked the man to my left, the one and the only. Why don't you? You big up the intro. Well, you're better well, at this. We just. Well. <laughs> <laughs> now. Now I'm going to fail. Pete Ray Biggin. Pete Ray Biggin. Ah, Great friend. Thank you. Welcome. Thanks Good for coming down, sir. Um, how you doing? How's your day going? It's all right. Yeah. yeah. It's all right. I got on the uh, got on the train, got down here, and just, yeah, no problems. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Straight in. Um, uh, let's well. Let's start with the uh, some live stuff that you've got coming up. You're going to go and do a big jazz cafe gig in May, correct? I am. Yeah, it's a shared bill. Uh, I think it's uh, with Shaz and uh, is it Dennis? Dennis Rollins is doing it. Now, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and it's a shared bill with uh, P Bug, my band. So yeah, we're just going to go in and probably play some of the new material. Actually, wicked, so, yeah, wicked. Yeah, yeah. And uh, late show at Ronnie's April the tenth. Really excited that you're um, you're down for that. Yeah, uh, I haven't told you what I'm doing yet. Because really. <laughs> well, you said to me, Pete, just keep, it, the keep better, it a four yeah. piece. And yeah. I, I just can't, no, can't no. do that. I'm sorry. <laughs> can't do that. I've got some guys because I've just come back. I literally got back from Slovakia yesterday. I was out. Is it? Uh, yeah, I was out there for two weeks uh, doing a little tour around Slovakia with this guy called Eugene Bottas. Right. And uh, and this guy, man, it's like I met him a few years ago uh, online, and I was like. That's uh, the drummer on this track sounded like Ronald Bruno. So yeah. I, I said, bro, who is that on your... And he says, it's Ronald. I'm like, <laughs> this guy from Slovakia has got Marcus Miller on his album, Victor Wharton, Brian McKnight, What's going on? you know, Eric Moore, Ronald... And I'm like, man... This, this, so how did you find him? Well, from that track. So we started talking... And he said, Pete, you know, I'm a big fan of Level 42 and I'm, I've got it. And I just loved his album, man. And we stayed in touch. And he called me uh, a few months ago and he said, do you want to come out to the back here? We'll do a few gigs, two or three gigs. And it turned into two weeks of the gigs, traveling through the mountains and just uh, hanging out with the Slovakian mafia, man. Oh, <laughs> no, but That's there was dope. actually serious, serious Robert Vivari on bass and Eugene Botos and Martin Kempel. Uh, wicked singer, just fantastic two oh, weeks. Amazing. So I'm bringing them. Amazing, that's what yeah. I'm you're, you're bringing a couple I'm bringing of those. them to the, to the live show, oh, to wow. the late show. So it's going to be a special night that late show. Yeah, that's dope. Oh, I can't wait. So that, that's kind of a, a decent segue to talk about being like a session drummer because you, you've got like quite a quite a CV, resume, whatever you want to call it, a, a long list of people that you've played with, and it, you know, you all, it, did you always want to play? It, it, yeah, as a session drummer, like is that? Is yeah, that, I think that's so everyone. Every musician. How does how does one attack that because for me it's kind of it, it's easier to get your head around uh i'm gonna be an artist because i want to write songs about this and i'm gonna lock myself away and I'm write this but like it seems like becoming a session musician is the, one of the most cutthroat things on the planet it is and it's rubbish to be honest i think i think everyone uh, every musician will go through this you know you come out of college you just want the biggest gig yeah i want to play with jesse j i want to do you know and then you come out of college and you're like yeah I, I don't care about the money i'll just do it for nothing so which means the generations of great players who played in the 80s with the with the big bands you know it, it fizzles out so now you've got these young guys who come in which they're great mm. players don't get me wrong yeah, levels, yeah. the level but, in general has has gone has gone up i guess no, i mean yeah. The, the, yeah the general level of musicianship yeah. is fantastic now because of the, what you get to see online youtube so these mm. guys come out of college and they can do these big gigs but what they're missing is the business side of being a session musician 
So I tell you to all the kids, I say, look, you're not in music. And they look at me like, weird. I say, you're in the music business. So oh. know your worth. Mm. You know, these labels, they have to pay inflation rates with flights, mm. blah, blah, blah. Mm. So anyway, the session thing, like coming back to it, is a cutthroat thing. So you get these gigs, the, big, the biggest gig, and it's 250 quid a gig, and you're playing Glastonbury. I'm, yeah, right. I'm just like... Mark Ronson, nah, man, I can't. I'm sorry, mate. I've pulled you out on that. But that's that's what made me go, you know what? Right. There's The, the guy's charged a million pounds for a gig, and he's paying me 250 quid. I just yeah. thought, it's a bit <clears throat> shit. So, but the back of that made me think, well, do you know what? I, could do, I yeah. could do yeah, this. Yeah, right. And I think that's what every musician comes out of it, because you need to do the session thing. You know yeah. what it is. It's good for your experience. It's good for the... Yeah, kicks in the ass, right? But also, he goes, you know what? I can do this myself. And now all these great players in London, Dexter, Moises de Santos, you know, we all need to do the pop gigs to realise, actually, it's about doing your own thing. And it, it makes you do your own thing, because the, unfortunately, the pop gigs are not going to they're not going to buy you the house you always wanted and, and and really support you because the next young guys will come in and they take the gigs. So mm. make your mm. own stuff happen. Mm. There are some artists that pay the going rate, though, right? I mean, maybe maybe jazz. We're in a little jazz bubble, obviously. Ronnie Scott's has a day job. You know, Al Jarreau's band. I know he. I know for a fact not, he play. He but you're talking of great, legendary music like Mark yeah. King. Yeah. Uh, you know, Mark King yeah, is one of the best for, yeah. bosses. You know, the yeah. money's in my account the next day. Yeah. He appreciates, he pays, yeah. you know. But the fact is, I think as a session musician in pop world, it's like yeah. anybody could do it. It doesn't really matter who you get. Cause right. they could. And that's 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 my problem. So it's it. that but pop Al mentality. Giro, you know, David Gilmore, these guys yeah. look after the musicians because it's a different mentality. Totally. And totally. I, I, and to me, that's why I started the P-Bug thing and the P-Bug yeah. thing. I was just like, and you know what? All these guys came and did it and it wasn't much money. But now, yeah. as soon as the money starts coming in and you know it's great to play at Ronnie's because I can yeah. pay my guys right. man. Because yeah, yeah. and, and yeah, yeah. I'm a musician at the end of the day and I appreciate. But I think the key is, man, is, is you have to do the session thing. Mm. But then you got to do your own own shit, you know. It's, it's, it's... It seems like you like you really care about um, passing the baton as well, because I went to your, I went to your site today and I was doing some reading. I know you did a masterclass at Ronnie Scott's, and you you've really embraced like you've you've done this book, this online book. You want to talk about this yeah. about about what's it called? The drums at the, the front, drums at right? the front, right? Well, it's, basically, it's the P P Bug album. So and and. I, you know, I was doing clinics and obviously I took the drums off the album to play on the clinics and people was like, oh, could you send me that track, uh, the stand up? And I was like, no. That's <laughs> <laughs> my track. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to buy that. <laughs> yeah. But then I was like, well, actually, this, this could be a good sort of educational package to for kids to play along to real album tracks rather than sort of someone who's made them by themselves, and, mm. which are fine. But I'm just saying these are these were produced as a real band. So I've just mm. took my drums off it and then you can hear other drummers play it and you know what hearing the videos come back it's great man because that's awesome yeah and it helps you because once you record drums or bass and you hear it back you just realise how rubbish it sounds <laughs> <laughs> do, you get, do you get a lot of young drummers riding you and stuff like that yeah, the, the, yeah. it's great and it, they show me the videos and some some need a bit of work and I'll, I'll say look just mix mix the drums a bit better because once it's out you can't change it you know just spend a bit yeah. more and I try and help people and some guys come back and they, they're mega man actually some of them you know. so yeah. it's nice to see the progression of how the books help people it's such know. a great idea as well because i mean i think i heard you say that you know if you growing up had had the average white band without the drum track on oh, it or the, the earth wind and fire or the tower of power that Ooh. would have been such a great help to you but yeah. it didn't exist right no i didn't yeah i had free videos free uh, vhs cassettes and that was like there was no youtube then yeah no, i go back and forth about this you know because like every 
people talk about this a lot and now young musicians can go straight to YouTube and they can look at something and they and they get their head around it quicker and yeah. they build a vast repertoire and a skill set a lot quicker than people used to but I do still think that even today the the best ones uh distance themselves from it and use their ears and well, if you look yeah. and because because that's the only way you're going to ever internalize this stuff and you talk about all the greats that you were just mentioning they didn't have youtube and all that stuff what did they have to do they had to listen to that stuff and Rolf. get into the head like you had to do and i do think that's still i, I don't think that ever is going to go away even like this kid this i don't know if you guys seen this four-year-old yeah, drummer he's a, it's a... my god but that's <laughs> it, he's four man that's not just coming from youtube you know he's listening and listening yeah, and listening, and his dad's, and listening. Both, you know. he's a natural but actually having all that in front of you he's just soaking it up like a sponge and the thing is i agree with you for me, it was like something Snoop Dogg said. He went, you know, man, back in the day, every rapper had to have an individuality because you, if you yeah. didn't, you would get rinsed. And mm. for me, there's yeah. so many 7 billion people on this planet. We're all different. We all have a different fingerprint. But we're great at copying shit, you know? So yeah. the point mm -hmm. is, is to actually stop at the point and then become you because yes. people don't want to book you because Emulate you sound to innovate. Like mm. Vinny. Yeah. They, want to, they want to book you because of you, man, you know? And mm. everyone's different. So embrace yourself and... Be, be the personality in your music, you know. And, and, but I agree, I, I agree. I heard that, I heard that. And when did P-Bug come about? When did you finally think, you know what, I'm done with the session thing or, or that's gonna that's got me to this point. It's really now time for me to start branching out. And like, correct me if I'm wrong, you do everything in that band, right? Artist, songwriter, producer, drummer, <laughs> video editor. Allegedly. <laughs> well, the thing when is, did that all come it's about? like now, today, just being a drummer is not enough. I don't think. I think if right. you want to do your own thing, no one's going to do it for you. You've got to do it yourself. Even to this stage, it's like I'm still day to day managing myself and dealing yeah. with my own things. And, you know, and uh, you know, I'm, I'm getting older now. I really want to just get my shit together. <laughs> yeah. I really feel I've still got yeah. something to, to, to show with people. But, you yeah. know, it was going, it's been going about eight, ten years. Just under ten years, but yeah. you know, it came off the back of me doing the Ronson thing, and then when I finished yeah. that, it was like, okay, cool. I got a call from Bluey from Incognito, mm -hmm. which which is another one of my favorite bands as a kid. Yeah, yeah. we've had him in here; he's great. Yeah, yeah. Blue, I mean, Bluey is just a walking encyclopedia of music. To be around him on the road and just like it, he lives it, for the road, doesn't he? he the, the guy is a road warrior, man. You know, and also he just lives in the studio. He's that's his life, and, and for me to be a part of that for five years was beautiful, and also made me realize how to be a band leader as well, and then the Level 42 thing sort of came two or three years after I got the IGCOG, and I was juggling both gigs for two years, and and Level 42 was one of my childhood dreams, yeah. mm -hmm. as well as IGCOG, but then I, I had to sort of say, Bluey, thank you for, for this, and you know, Francesco was doing a good job, and I, I I closed the door yeah. on that one. And my dad always said, you know, just once you close one door, two doors open. And I remember that day, I, closed, I said, Bluey, um, yeah, cool, no problem. I went to the studio and I wrote three songs. It was Part Time Amazing. Lover. Amazing. It was uh, Which One to Choose and Little Man. Or yeah. And it just, I was just like, I'm a big believer. That was in, meant to happen. Fake. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've got written on my arm, all, all that we are is a result of what we've thought. So if you're just mm. constantly thinking, you know, I want this and I want that. I want to try this, and rather than oh, I hope this doesn't happen and this, then you are what you think, and 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 that's and that's mm. that's where it can, sort of came from. The P bug is just being inspired by a, a Bluey, and obviously Mark as a band leader. He's a yeah. he's, he's a beast. Yes, he's an absolute beast in yeah. everything he does, and I'm just like, yeah, 
fucking. Oh, I can't. 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 I'm, I feel like I have to lead something. And yeah. back to all this shit you just said there, yeah. like, it's like you, there's only you can do that. Yeah. And, mm. you know, and sometimes, I, you know, I'm, I'm, I've got some insecurities about what people think of me. If I'm doing the right thing, oh, did I upset that person? Well, that's like, being that's human, just, right? Yeah, I mm, guess so. And that, and, but these are the things that hold you back in your mind, man. It's yeah. just like... But you seem pretty adamant about breaking those barriers down. And I mean, just the way you're speaking. Well, you, you just got to do it. Yeah, you just got to do it, man. Yeah. Speaking of inspiration, why don't we play some music that you picked? We, we, Please, uh, yeah. What's, what's well, some of these ones? Well, we could do that. Or, could, or should we hear a P-Bug track? Okay. Should we, speaking, since we've just been talking about it, should we hear yeah. Taste of Freedom? Cool. Let's cool. let's start with that and then come back. Mr. Tony Monreal. We're over here trying to talk about career paths. We got all really ambitious during that song. Beautiful song. Uh, <laughs> when did you move to London, man? Uh, I moved to London uh, when I was uh, 2001. I mean, that was when I was sort of coming back with them for. I'm from Sheffield originally, so. And your dad was a professional musician, then. My dad was Come like, on. yeah, but he, he, my dad was a drummer up in South Yorkshire. My dad was yeah. like one of the dudes back in the 70s who played the working men's club who had the big sideboards. Yeah, and, yeah, Love you it. know, and it's like, and that's when the working men's clubs, the coal mines, was open, yeah. and they was like the clubs now, man. There was like Ronnie's. There was waiting outside Ronnie's yeah. all down the street. Mm. Now there's about one person who's sat in the same place. It's, right. it's pretty shit. But my dad did that for years, and I used to I used to be around sitting on beer crates watching him play drums. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone else in the family played? Just, yeah, just the, the sewing machine's a singer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, stupid guy. Nice. No. <laughs> <laughs> shit joke that isn't it <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah no just basically based by uh, uh, my mother and uh, mom and dad and his brother he was a um, he was a clarinet player but he's uh, 10 years older than my dad so he's like 82 but he was on the Queen Mary ship and he met a Canadian wife yeah, right, over there. many people did the Queen, Queen Mary, Mary man. but I tell you he met, he, he played the with James, did a freaking he played with James Brown yeah my, Aretha Franklin he played did gigs with Vinnie Colaiuta man yeah. you know back in the day my, my uncle was a bit, of a bit of a dude yeah. man you know yeah. But, uh, yeah. but now he's old he said no I don't need this shit anymore you know. like my dad really so I don't want to play drums <laughs> Wow! Yeah, and what so what like, forced what forced the move down to London? Well, I guess I guess London is the hub in Europe if you really want to sort of make it and be around Europe's best players. I guess I mean there's different places, but for me, being from Sheffield, I was in the back of my mind. I've I've I've, I've got to get to London, man. You know, mm. I've got to get to London. Mm. And people sometimes say, like in interviews, so how did you get to London? I said, it's really easy. Train. Get a car, M1, <laughs> all the way, just one road, you won't miss it. <laughs> no, I mean, that was the case, but I was like up and down for the first few years and living on people's garage floors and just being mm. a, a musician, you know, and then... Uh, and you immersed yourself in just gigging, because I've heard you say, you know, gigging was your... Um, your education that was really. the school yeah. yeah that is and that is the best schooling yeah you know i left school at 14 with no gcse's or nothing to move to newcastle and join this guitarist who was uh who was yeah. what do you call it 14 years old called thomas mccogburn and it was just at the time where the exams were coming and i said to my dad yeah but dad do you think i should stay in school and yeah. do my exams and he was like nah fuck that go up there it was yeah. like the other way you know because <laughs> <It was like, laughs> he knew i'd be a drummer and it's yeah, so obviously yeah, yeah. 
you know, I stayed up north for, and there's only so much you can do up there. You know, so it's I like, don't know Newcastle. I, 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 I know people from Newcastle, but I, I haven't really hung there. Yeah. Oh, it's cool. Newcastle is a great place. Yeah. Yeah. But I guess at some point you just have to go, well, I've got to go to London, I guess. and and, and It's kind yeah, of sad, isn't important. it, in a way? The the pull, it's yeah. it's almost too much of a magnetic pull. Well, and I guess this is what they're well, trying to... It's a bit different now, isn't it? Well, yeah, well, with well, HS2 look at, and that. Look at like, Bristol, man. I mean, I haven't really Bristol's hung in Bristol. There's insane amount, a great scene. insane amount of music yeah, coming yeah. out of there. And I feel like it's uh, there's been always been a good music coming from there. Yes, yeah. I'm a real massive fan and of... And Brighton uh, as well. Yeah. You know, all these different pockets, they all have their own uh, distinct sounds, don't they? But mm. I don't know. I, ju- I guess I'm just saying, like, it's a bit weird that there's this, like, mentality that you have to go to London. Well, you don't. But, the, I mean, especially now with, with the whole social media thing. You know, there's yeah. guys who just make videos in the bedroom or yeah. who, who are world famous. So totally. If you want a gig all the time, though, it's like in yeah. the States. If you want a gig all the yeah. time, you're going to end up in New York or L.A. LA or maybe Nashville or Austin. Mm. There's a couple other spots. Mm. Obviously, much more spread out of a country but I mean, if you're playing jazz music you know you're going to end up in New York or yeah. New Orleans or Chicago mm. I guess don't get mad at me if, if, if you're in Nebraska <laughs> I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's killing musicians I mean what did you say <laughs> North Dakota <laughs> represent there's, kill, there's killing musicians everywhere and, and you find a way to get by and all that but like if you want to gig all the time like you said like I want to be on stage I want to be gigging I want to be gigging um, but 14 like going to join another musician who's 14 in a different city, that's kind of crazy. Are you still in touch with this guy? This you know guitar? what? I am. He's he, he he stopped playing guitar for a long time. This guy was very famous in uh, America. He had uh, uh, he had a, a band called Bad for Good, uh, and there was quite. They, I think they had a number one and number two, and you know they're all young kids, like eleven, twelve years old. But <laughs> it was pretty pretty. Well, the Steve, number one and Steve Vai was the producer to these kids. Right. So and and you know and Thomas. 11, 12 years old was playing like Steve Vai. And, That's messed up. And man. so That's he, really you know, up. sort of mentored him and did this thing. But then his dad brought him back to England uh, and they wanted to put a band together. So I got the gig. And, of course he did, man. He's like, you know, yeah. no, 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 son. Uh, <laughs> 11 years old. Like, <laughs> like, that's crazy. But he's, he's back now online, Thomas. And I was playing up Newcastle with Level 42 last year and I invited him. It was good to see him, man, after all these years. And, you know, he's, he's a monster. Check him out online. Thomas McRocklin. McRocklin. That's the one. But at that age, so and, and we'll go away from, from this thing. I mean, like being... Because I was listening to podcast, a podcast that Derek Trucks... <laughs> Right to, uh, in an interview, and he was talking about how his dad was really resistant of, of about him being like this child prodigy thing, and like pe- people trying to put the Stevie Ray Vaughan hat on, and like, yeah. hey, go play some blues licks. I imagine at like eleven or twelve, if if you your, your skill sets at a point where you're gigging in front of hundreds of people, and and people are buying tickets to see you. Mm. I mean, what what are those pressures like? I mean, who who are you listening to? I mean, I guess your dad was was a musician, but who are you who are you listening? To? You're very impressionable at 11 years old. You are, you are, but also you do, you don't uh, you don't probably buy into all the bullshit. I guess all the, you know you're still sort of free in your mind as a kid. And, yeah. But I guess when you start getting a bit older and you make a mistake, then it starts messing with your head and just like right. and, and you know you get older, don't you? But as a kid, you don't. I didn't give a shit. I used to enter all the competitions. My dad would be like, go and speak to that drummer. I'd go, all right. Yeah, 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 and I'd yeah, just yeah. end up speaking to him. By the end of the gig, I was playing his kit. <laughs> you know, just, yeah, but yeah, I, yeah. when I got to 18 to try and do that, I'd be like, oh, no, I can't do that. Yeah, because they're <laughs> going to think this. Cool yeah, yeah, yeah. But as a kid, my dad would be like, look, go and speak to that drummer. All right. <laughs> it's just like, and I guess that's the youth, man. You know, like you were saying about the young four-year-old drummer. It's just, 
his parents are behind him and, and he's a monster drummer man it's like yeah. and all the drummers know this little kid now it's crazy he's got to try and hold on to that haven't you I, mean, I always remember Flea saying the best thing a musician can do is, is be a kid because they go yeah. straight for the expression. And look at him. He tries to hold on to that. You can see that in him. You know? <laughs> yeah, he's a massive yeah. kid. He's a massive, massive, it's a massive kid. kid. Yeah, he's yeah, <laughs> amazing. Right. But I think we all still yeah. are, though. I mean, yeah. even speaking to Mark King about it, he goes, Pete, I'm still 25 years old in the head, yeah. man. It's just, he says, I just run about the stage. He said, that, you know, I'm still... I'm still the guys, when you're playing music, it's you're just in it, man. And it's, just, it's always there, isn't it? It's, mm. it's never going to the youth in you you know let's hear the brandon brown collective do you want to say why you chose this track honey yeah i chose i chose this track because um it's one of one of my favorite drummers a guy called stanley randolph he plays with stevie wonder yeah um and i met him quite a long time ago at the pig owl club in london and uh and and basically brandon brown is the bass player for the jacksons young guy and they put this band together it's like a young earth wind fire all the mm. young guys in LA and it, it's just a really nice track I mean this track I'm playing now is the album version but if any of you guys go online and type in Stanley Randolph uh, uh, the BB Brown Collective or, or, or the Vic Firth Jams you'll hear it live but it's just great music man nice. so Yo, why don't we talk about tour stories? Because you were just, we were off air. You were just talking about some crazy stuff. Out and, like, right. no, oh, okay, so, okay, we don't have to go blatant tour stories, but what's, what's the next tour? When's the next time you're out? I mean, do you, is there anything on the books? Uh, we've got some uh, Level 42 stuff coming up this year. Uh, but uh, what I'm doing at the moment, if I can tell you, tell me uh, basically you like. I'm building uh, recording studios. Yeah. In Watford, in Watford, it's where I live. Uh, I, I got threw out of my studio uh, a few months ago because they want to knock it down, build, blah blah blah. So I was looking around, and me and my buddy, my business partner, is a builder. We found this uh, uh, sort of like derelict sort of rehearsal rooms, and we've gone in and we're going to build fifteen fantastically uh, sort of built and soundproofed uh, recording studios. Because uh, I find recording studios in London, because uh, I had my own, they're getting quite expensive now. And, and they're closing at a rate of knots, right? Well, everything's just getting knocked down and building flats now. Yeah. Isn't it? So well, that's you know what. And I noise mean. complaints as well. Yep. They build the they build the the you know the million pounder studio it's flat. About time. No, but it's about time door. we wisen up and, and build well, that's a it. lot more flats. That's what I want to do, man. I mean, I'm building it because I yeah. need the studio. It's always going to be there. But yeah, uh, yeah so I've, I've put my time into that while I've got a bit of time off. Uh, and once Fantastic. that's done, I'll just be using that every day for the PB Underground, the P-Book stuff. Mm. I've got a new uh, EP uh, written now. I want to actually... I actually went to a college today. We've got a massive uh, arts in there. Yeah. And they've got a, a theatre in there. They've got the mm. uh, they've got the media. They've got the TV studio in there. Like, it's all yeah. college. So I'm going to see if I can do some kind of like a snarky puppy sessions or something. Yeah, in there, live like to a, tape, live to, you know. Yeah, I do, yeah, because the thing is, I see there's so much talent over here in England. Like, all, all my mates are in my band. I look at them and I go, man, you guys are the real deal. You should be yeah. doing your own stuff. Yeah. And, you know, we're all doing work, and and it's like then you look at LA and the LA LA boys, it's a different mentality. They yeah. they put that uh, Vic Firth jams on. They put the 
you know, yeah. the Jam Jam card, and they're all in a room and it's filmed and it's just like, it's so great to totally, watch. You've yeah. got Wolfpack, you've got Noah, yeah. you've got Ghost Note and all these yeah. bands that just started. Wolfpack sold out three nights at the Madison Square Garden. I was talking, I was just told did. you it was amazing. No, but amazing. That's, a, that's a very huge achievement for some guys that were doing some videos in the living room. I know that there are a lot more than guys doing videos in, in the living room. They're, they're just they guys are, who they are, they are on it. You they're know, just they're guys who play, who've, um, who've took old school techniques and just mm. made it what it mm. is, man. And, it, and, and it's just, it's basic. People like to see talent. But like you, you're kind of like you were talking about snark. You're kind. Of, you would be the the Michael League of P-Bug Underground, aren't you? So when you've got, when you say you're going to do this, and you say you've got an EP written, I've seen I've seen you guys live. There's what, twelve of thirteen, fourteen of you up on stage. When you say you've got it written, you just pass some demos around. And say, all right, guys, get in the room on March 9th, and we're going to do this yeah. thing. Yeah, simple. Simple. The thing is, uh, if you pick. I guess if you pick the right people, to w- the guys who are the best for the job, you don't have to worry about much because, mm-hmm. you know, you've got your vision, but you just leave it. Up. And I always find you'd, when guys play together in a room, it's just magic, man. It's just magic. It's like you. If you're by yourself, you can only talk what to is yourself. Like, I'm kind of magic, right? <laughs> you are magic. <laughs> <laughs> but it's like, what do you prefer doing? Talking to yourself or talking with other yeah. people? It's yeah, like, yeah. And, and, and that's my, been my own, always the thing with people. You know, every band needs a driver. I'm the driver. But I just get get the boys in and it just happens. Yeah. So, yeah, we've... Uh, but you need the right players on that gig. I mean, that's not a phone-in gig. You need to be on, yeah. you know. You've got to have rhythm on my gig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, you've got to have pocket. That's that's. Totally. I mean, I, I I've always loved chops and all that, but I always found if I played grooves, you know, there'd be more people dancing, and I yeah. like to see people having totally. fun rather than loads of twenty-five-year-old uh, <laughs> blokes jizzing over every drum for yeah. I do. You know, it's yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, totally. I'd rather see nice birds dancing at the front and all that. You know, just. To, to see Fun. people happy yeah. and playing good music with, with, with my buddies and just seeing people enjoy yourself, that's the, what I always wanted. Man. Amen to that. Going yeah. back to, you were talking about making the studio, I mean, and you know the label and the publishing and all the other stuff you do. I see you as an entrepreneur as well as a professional musician, killer musician, uh, you, one of the great drummers in this country. You, you are very entrepreneurial. And you know for any young musicians that are listening, do, how important do you think that is to be, uh, the importance of diversification as it were in everything that you do you know I, I see you as a very curious you're always you're, you're looking at other things outside of just playing the drums yeah well i just think i don't know my but my mind works in very mysterious ways i guess and i've always had a love for uh money uh, <laughs> no i mean well that can be a drive i mean right? yeah, i mean but no but pay I, mean, the rent. Like, I mean i'm from a council estate in sheffield my parents give me everything they could you know uh and and I need to make the most of this time. And you, when you, you left Sheffield when you were 14? And yeah, when I was 15, then my parents moved to Rotherham, which is just from outside Sheffield. And then I left Rotherham when I was about 20 to, to London. Mm. But my parents stayed up mm. there. So it was just, but you're very just aware of musical trends. Like, you know, I, I mean, I've, I've, I've seen that you've, you've said, you know, all the pop gigs, well, you've, you've articulated earlier, the pop gigs don't pay that well. So then you're looking at other paths. You know, you've been down that path. Okay, how can we twist this? How can we, how can we survive out there? Do you know what I mean? Well, I'm constantly like, thinking about yeah, things I mean, like that. Yeah, I mean, the thing is, I didn't get into music to to think about money. I got into music because I love music. And I, you know, if people call me up and say, uh, "Pete, can you do a gig tomorrow night?" I, my first thing is like, "Well, wicked, you're on the gig. Who else is on the gig?" Yeah, and money's not an issue for me. 
But then it has to become at some point where, you know, that it, you have to realise, well, it is your job and this is mm. what you do bring in. So if I'm earning 250 quid every weekend or whatever by doing the pop gigs, is mm. that going to be enough for when I've got a family? Mm. No, it's not for me. I need to put other stuff into place where... Yeah. Like and also do the stuff that I like. So obviously building studios, it's not, you know, it's a future thing. It could be bigger thing. It could, yeah. you know, it's it's great for musicians, producers to get involved in. Also, you know, I want to produce a lot of other music. I want to get my studio up and running. I want to do my drum camps, my my online drum courses, and just make great music, man. That's what I want to do. Mm. You got to do a podcast. You're asking. Yeah, I'll do podcast a podcast. Earlier. Are you going to come on it? Yeah. Guys, well, yeah. I'm not yeah. a drummer, yeah, you but guys. Well, it doesn't you know, have to be about <laughs> drums. About music. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. Yeah. Easy. <laughs> <laughs> got that. Uh, all right. Well, we, you sent us a bunch of tracks. Why don't we? Why don't we play well, another track? Yeah. Let's do the Philip Lassiter, shall we? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So Philip Lassiter basically is a guy I stumbled across a few years ago. He's a trumpet player, keyboard player. He played for Prince. Uh, and also, I found him playing with Snarky Puppy, and then I found his girlfriend was singing with Snarky Puppy, and I just thought she's got a great voice. So then I checked his stuff out. He's got a band called Filthy. Uh, it's a fourteen-piece funk band from LA, and man, it's 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 kicking, man. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just like, and I love this track. It's got Bernie uh, Bernard Wright, uh, Bernard Wright on it, and uh, wow. just the mix and everything, and just and Phil's, you know, he's great, man. Check it out, wicked. Pete's second track that was Philip Laster, absolutely killing, yes. blinding. Yeah, we were just talking off air about. Well, you went to see Kamasi Washington, and it was just it was just this Monster. overload of charisma and stage presence and everything. And you said something interesting. You said uh, it's it's all about live now. You know, you're not. You're, People aren't making musicians aren't making running off records, so you know it, it's going back to live. Fans yeah. want to be at live gigs. Hundred percent. Why is that? <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we were we were going. We were Josie, and we were we we're all talking about how uh, it's it's the experience, right? We're also confined to our phones and our computers, and we're stuck in our lives and and all that. You want the experience of it, right? It's a it's a it's a world of screens now. Yeah, yeah. we just look at screens every day. That's what kids want to look at. That's all we do. That's when. You, but then you look at something on stage, and it's talented. Mm. It's the biggest thing, you know. It's making you feel something real as well. Yeah, do you energy. Think, do you think energy. people are putting away their phones more at gigs? I mean, I felt like it reached peak. Put your phone up and record the gig a, a few years ago. Now no. it's getting less. Is this, I don't you know. Still I, that, yeah. Being a being being a working drummer, man, you know, you just see some someone who's paid thirty quid to get in that night, and then they just just stood beside of you with a phone out, yeah. watching you through their phone. Yeah. And I'm just like, dude, put your phone away. Yeah, well, because you're missing. Live it. in the moment. Yeah, you're missing an experience here. I, yeah. I get you want to film, but just yeah. put it down, man. The, uh, I love the guys with the iPads. Ever see those? <laughs> <laughs> the big iPads, yeah. like blocking ten people yeah, behind. Yeah, here we go, six Three. foot eight as well. No, yeah, but well. but I mean, Charles, the other night in London, Charles Gambino, he we did like three sold that nights at, at O2, mm. and he came out, and the first thing he said before, I mean, this is like a huge arena act. Yeah, first yeah, thing yeah, he yeah. says, like everybody, this is this is church. This is an experience. This you're here with me. Yeah, We're gonna do please. something special. Please put your phones. Oh, away. man. I mean, yeah. you know, you hear about Dave Chappelle uh, when you go to his his gigs now. They they're taking the phones. It's, it's like. popular in the comedy world. Yeah. 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 I yeah. think I think. He doesn't want his gags being... Nicked. Well, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> that is it. That is it. 
Yeah. I think it might, it might go the other way a little bit. It, these are here to stay, man. These are here to stay. No. It's too efficient. It's facilitating the way we work and all that. But I think when it comes to live experiences, I think it might go the other way a little bit. What do you mean? People might keep it in their pockets. People might say, you know, I'm, if, if they look around and not everybody's doing it, hey, am I the one that's being in the way? I'm trying to be optimistic well, I think, here. Yeah, I think, <laughs> you know what I mean? I think there becomes a point of the day. You do it yourself anyway. You're just like, oh, just get off the phone. Let me just relax. Yeah. You, you get to that point, and I think... Digital um, detoxing. Yeah, thing, I mean, look, it? man, they are... Mm. They, they, we carry everything in that now. It's yeah. like, you know, there's yeah. everything in there. So what there was... Say when we was kids, you know, you needed a typewriter. Then you needed a, you, you needed yeah. a book for the maps. And now everything is there, so we just look at them. But the thing is, when you see an energy on stage, you know that the world is run on energy, man. It's like, and and you know when someone's got good energy and bad mm. energy, mm. we just pick up mm. on it. So when a, when there's talent on stage and it's good energy, it works both ways for the artist and the audience, and it just portrays round. And then you just come away, you come off the gig going, "Fuck, that was the best gig." And the yeah. audience go, "Man, you know, oh, fucking, my wife left me yesterday, but I don't care. I feel great." It's the energy, and yeah. that's what musicians are here to do it's one of the best compliments you can receive as well as like oh man i really feel you, you got really good energy man like thank you for, you know like if, if anybody's ever said that to you like that Loads i'm, I'm sure people. you you yeah you you're playing you're a touring musician i mean you you get that a lot but like in the the one or two times in the history of my existence somebody said that to me I'm like oh wow thanks man that's and great. one was I mean, your mom right one was yeah, <laughs> yeah. mom and and my son just learned the word energy yeah. <laughs> but even like even like to like obviously i released my first album and like yeah you put it out there and it's so in con your control while you're producing it while you're mixing it and like we were talking about you can mix it for it and then by the time you've mixed it and mastered it i hated every song on there of course i couldn't stand it like i'll turn it off and then but you know what it's not in your control anymore you put it out mm. and then it, uh, one lyric will touch that person much more. It's you know, uh, there's Ooh, something yeah, yeah. for everyone in that, and it's like you'll never know these little bits. But the fact is, you put your love and energy into it, that it should be out there touching sure. different people. And you know, someone sent me; they got married to one of my songs, "Wake Up with You," and That's I was deep, just like, yeah. Fuck, I was like, wow, that touched yeah. me, man. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I was just like, That's really Ooh, nice. And just things it? like this. Who was it that that was saying it's not mine anymore once I put it out? It's not yours. It's yeah, not well, yours. Yeah, 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 it becomes well, public property. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to remember Twitter that. on it. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's now Mark Zuckerberg. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm trying. I'm trying to remember. Uh, anyway. No, but yeah, it, 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 yeah, like once someone's... you put your music out, it's like now it's for. for I love it. What uh, Philip Bailey said. He said. He said. He said. We're talking about the same thing. You put yeah. your music out, and he said, "Man, you know, so many people come up to us and they go, we got married to your song.' And he was like, "What song's that?" And they went. After the love is gone, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's like, yeah. and he's like, did you, did you actually listen yeah. to the fucking lyrics? Yeah, it's yeah, called yeah. when you break up and you Oh, you got married title. to that? Cool. Totally. Yeah, yeah. I heard someone did um, ACDC Highway to Hell. Can you imagine that? I can, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's I quite something. Yeah, Pete, we haven't even touched. I mean, we're slightly running low on time Sorry. now, but we haven't even touched on, you know. All the amazing people you played, Amy Winehouse, Mark Ronson, yeah, Shaka, I remember that. Oh, amazing residency. One of my top, yeah. top three gigs in the world was at Ronnie's Shaka. That unbelievable. Oh, Shaka with Beautiful. Incog and, and you on drums. Beautiful. Unbelievable. Yeah, well, give us give us a, a highlight or two story. No, give us one kind of crazy story that people might be interested to hear. Crazy something. story? I don't know. Playing just, with Shaka, I mean, like... I don't what know. was it like playing with Shaka? Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, what would you think it's like playing with Shaka? It was just like... It's it's a dream, yeah. fucking gig, you know. And it was just yeah. like, and she know, was and, on it. And as I, well. I just I wanted yeah. to play it like 
the the Rufus and Shaka, like the, yeah. the you know uh, John Robinson, yeah. like the way he played uh, "Ain't Nobody," and you know, and also Steve Ferrone and that. Yeah. Man, that was my that was my school in that shit. You know, when I saw that gig in the eighties with her, and 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 I was, and then I played for her, and it was mm. it's a beautiful thing to have, and also Amy. Yeah. I mean, bless her soul. She was she was the real deal. She was one of us, man. She was cool. Because you connected at a jam session that you used to run with Amy, did you not? Is, is that right? It was. I, I used to play um, from two thousand and two three at a place called the Sugar Hut in Fulham. That's right, the Fulham, Sugar Hut. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. We used to play there every Sunday. Yeah. And if anyone was listening now and you can remember them days, them days were so special, man. We used to have everyone coming in. We had some footballers because it's Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. But again, it was a Sunday thing. He's, a, he's an Arsenal boy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nothing's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Moving swiftly on. The, the amount on, of people you. that used to come in that and leave, it, it, and that's where we, I met Amy and yeah. and sort of got my name a bit around town, you know. Yeah. But I mean, there were the days where I that was my schooling, you know. And I met Amy, and, and but she was cool. We used to go and hang out and have a have a smoke, smoke and just yeah. yeah, and just chill and talk about music. And uh, while my other mate was in the back with his with her mate, like so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. then uh, and then I'd be like, "So what do you do, Amy?" And she's like, "I'm a singer songwriter." And then literally the next week is the one that she's on Jude Zolan playing "Stronger Than Me." Yeah. So the next time I saw, her, I was like, "Just a singer." Just a singer. Seriously, she was so yeah, humble yeah. and cool. She was one of the greatest uh, musician, artist, spirits yeah. of of today's. And if it wasn't for her, music yeah. would be different. Adele, it all came from oh, totally. Amy, you know, yeah. so rest her soul, bless her soul. Mm. You know. She was she was the real deal. Yeah. And Every, I'm privileged to play no one ever played with him. I think like working at Ronnie's and, and living in London, I'm actually quite surprised the I've met a few people that have had the chance to work with her and a few people that hung out yeah, with Troy her. Troy as well, right? Troy yeah, Miller. Troy and Femi and like uh, yeah. Robin that gets yeah, Robin. I've 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 Santine Black as well. Yeah. 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 And, and Sam Best. Yeah. But everybody says that, you know, everybody says oh, the same. I mean, yeah, dude, yeah. if your dad used to tell you, said, man, I used to play with Jimi Hendrix, you'd be like, oh, fuck. You know, so in time, these little stories we've got about Amy is going to be that. It is yeah. that now. It's, she, she's the legend of today, man. And it's like, what a shame, you know. We played yeah, at Ronnie's yeah. though once in the afternoon. Is that right? Yeah, we did a video like a shoot a with Amy. Thing. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, it was like a video shoot or live session thing with Amy at Ronnie's. If I'm if I remember oh, rightly, yeah. Wow, I'll have to look that up. Over ten years. See if ago. there's anything any evidence. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, go to the storage yeah. unit, yeah. 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 Uh, okay. We do we've got but a few minutes. We'll do a track, say our goodbyes and do a track. That's the way it's gonna be. That's cause the way it's the let's, way it has to be. Let's hear thirty it's, uh, days. Okay. Ooh, thirty days. Yeah. Soho Radio, that was 30 days from P-Bug from Drums at the Front. And yeah, we're almost out of time. Thank you so much for your time, Pete. Thank you, uh, guys. For coming on. Where can people catch you online? Uh, Where would you like them stoppers, to go? Uh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, you can, uh, you can go to uh, pbug.co.uk. Yeah. Or you can connect to me on Facebook, uh, Instagram, Pete Ray Biggin. I'm usually hanging around on there every now and again. And the live gig at Ronnie's April 10th. Uh, come down to that. It's a late show special yes, with your Slovakian. Yeah, the Slovakian. Well, don't, don't mention. Don't mention. Yeah, just. I'm bringing some special guests for that. So get your tickets. I've heard me. a sinister knock at the door. I'm in trouble. <laughs> um, and Jazz Cafe. Jazz Cafe, May the 14th. Yeah. Wicked.
Be it either or both. Uh, Pete, thanks for being here. It's been hey, a pleasure. Thanks a lot, man. Appreciate You've been listening to the tape before I go. He's had too much. No, no, no. Easy, easy, easy. We listen to the what? Josie Louise Carter, thank you very much for the production. Yeah. Uh, Soho Radio, thank you. Listen to the podcast. Go to Soho Radio Podcast. You can hear this interview uh, probably in a day or two. Go to the Soho Radio Podcast. There's all sorts of good stuff happening there. Thank you, Soho Radio. Thank you, Ronnie Scott. Thank you, Hennessy. Yeah. Thank you for listening. Thank you, everybody. The last track we're going to play today is by The Comet Is Coming. Go get the album that just came out. It's actually mind-bending. Trust in the life force of the deep mystery on Impulse Records is unbelievable listen. Check this is Summer Than Fire. See you next time.